Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Monday, May 22nd edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned, full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Poonick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here. A busy weekend in local sports. We had a uh, few teams win state championships. Uh, we'll start first with uh, the school that won two in the same sport, uh, Martinsburg boys and girls win the won the West Virginia Schol- uh, Scholastic Lacrosse Association D2 championships. The girls team beat Hedgesville 13 to six. The boys team beat John Marshall 19 to five. And um, you know, congratulations to them. As uh, obviously, it's not a SSAC sanctioned sport, but they do have a scholastic association within the state, so they're able to play and uh, play for championships. Yeah, congratulations to both of those teams. Congratulations to Hedgesville as well for a great season, but to Martinsburg to be crowned state champions is a great accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, lacrosse is a sport that continues to get bigger and bigger, especially around this area with us being so close to the state of Maryland. I think that helps. Uh, Obviously, lacrosse is huge in Maryland. So, um, you know, having that very close region, and then, of course, Shepard has a lacrosse team now. I don't know if they've always had one, but being in the PSAC, uh, you know, the PSAC's known for its lacrosse as well. So you kind of have that kind of pull coming to the Eastern Panhandle, which is helping grow the sport. Uh, The other areas of the state are starting to grow as well, which is, you know, cool to see. So hopefully soon it does actually become a sanctioned sport uh, by the WVSSAC. But until now, or until then, you know, it's still a club sport, but still a great achievement. Yeah. And uh, more uh, recognition in the state tournament or state championships as the Jefferson Cougars girls win the state track tournament. Uh, well, they tie with Morgantown for the win. I don't quite know how that happens, but they did win a state championship, so that's all that matters. A tie occurs when the two teams have the same amount of points. Okay, I know, but I'm saying like I've never seen that for a number one spot. I'm guessing that, that they don't true. have any sort of tiebreaker for. Yeah track and field so they just give them a piece of the state championship they cut it in half <laughs> and then the uh the boys finished runner-up in second from jefferson but a lot of individual winners uh throughout the area uh the way too many to like list off during the show congratulations to all those that won individuals and that performed well yeah congratulations it's a huge event i know a lot of fun i've been down there a few years to watch my uh sister when she competed at the state track meet and also got to uh witness her and the team from berkeley springs win so it's great to have teams from around the area to win and even when it's individual but it's especially special when it's the entire team that gets to go down and all do well because they can all celebrate together because they all uh the word that i'm looking for is escaping me right now but um i guess helped out to contribute contribute yeah to get to that award don't know why that word didn't come to my brain, but thank you, Nick. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I mean, track and field is, you know, like you said, Colin, it's an individual sport, but, you know, as a team, you kind of total up those points very similar to wrestling and 
uh, in the fact that it is still, you know, a team sport. You're pushing each other in that circumstance. And, uh, you know, there's certain races and stuff that obviously need your teammates, like the relays. So, um, you know, congratulations to the schools that went down and, and the winner, the individuals that won. Just trying to see uh, any of the – yeah, so – Keyshawn Robinson had a haul down there, and he won yeah. three state championships individually. Doesn't surprise me. It yeah. He is a so tremendous athlete. It's going to be a lot of fun to get to see him for another year. It definitely and will. And same at WVU. Yes. Yeah. They'll be playing football there as he gets the full scholarship offer there. But uh, speaking of Jefferson, uh, baseball postseason continues tonight as the Region 2 Championship Series begins. We'll be there 7 p.m. for the first pitch in Sager Field, 6.40 for the pregame as the Jefferson Cougars host the Hedgesville Eagles. Obviously, more recently, we saw Hedgesville win their section uh, last Tuesday against Musselman after having to take two straight games in the sectional championship. Um, you know, five, six days off for them. They don't end up playing a uh, another game because you, if you have games left, you can play against other teams in the other uh, classifications that are in your area, like last year we saw Martinsburg do so. Uh, but uh, no games were had, I don't believe, uh, between either of these schools. But it's going to be a tough one tonight. I mean, you talked about this earlier. Lane DeWater likely to go for Hedgesville based just upon the fact that he's their number one. But he hasn't had as much success against Jefferson, at least in that one start. Yeah, he did have a bad start against them in his last time out. I think he had eight walks. So uh, other than that, though, he was pretty solid. Um, I think, you know, if he's able to limit the walks, that's always a key against Jefferson. They take care. They take advantage of your mistakes, uh, especially at the free bases. And they were able to do that in that 11-3 to victory earlier this season. But... I think Lane now, since that game, has turned things around. He was great in the sectional tournament in every outing he had. So, um, you know, I think he's going to go out there today and pitch well for Hedgesville, give them a chance to win. And overall, I think this Hedgesville team is playing with tremendous amount of confidence right now uh, heading into this regional championship. So, you know, they seem to be clicking in all three phases of the game, uh, pitching, hitting, and defense. And, uh I think it's going to be a great regional final that probably goes three games. Jefferson has a great team as well. Uh, their pitching has been unreal, you know, throughout this season under a two ERA between, you know, their combined team ERA. So they have, you know, a lot of depth in that pitching, uh, probably more depth than Hedgesville has, even though Hedgesville has kind of their big three starters that have all been really good this season. Uh, the Cougars don't have, you know, as much power in their lineup which is the advantage, I think, for Hedgesville when you're really looking for an advantage between these two teams. The Eagles do have a better uh, overall offensive production, but Jefferson still finds ways to put up runs, and their defense might be slightly better than Hedgesville's. It's pretty close, though. Uh, overall, I think this is going to be you know, a really competitive series. And, of course, Jefferson has Coach Lowry, who we know is the greatest coach in the history of the state, which certainly does help. I mean, those in-game adjustments are going to be huge. Coach Grove had a big in-game adjustment to beat Musselman. He brings yep. Lane DeLauter to the plate. Controversial decision at the time because Lane hasn't hit a whole lot, but Lane comes through with the game-winning hit to send Hedgesville to this point. So I think it's going to be a really competitive series. You know, It could go either way. I think both teams are deserving of being in this situation, and uh, I'm excited for it. I think, you know, it, 
I don't know who you start if you're Coach Lowry tonight. He, I don't Probably know. Riley Morgan. I mean, Riley Morgan. You wanted, really? Uh, Caleb, Caleb Fletcher. Fletcher. Get the start, actually. But the good thing, you know, I guess the positive thing, if you're Jefferson, you've had so many arms throw this year, uh, you know, good amount of innings, that if you're in, in a tough spot, if for some reason they have a bad outing, you have guys to go to while you still have your starters for the next, if you have to go two more games intact. You have guys like Daquan Shipe, like Cole Lewis, like Duncan, who have all gone over, uh, and Ryan Hefner have all gone over 10 innings, and then Gross has gone eight and two-thirds innings. So, I mean, you've got the pitching depth uh, when it comes to success because nobody on this Jefferson team, even though they've, you know, they haven't had, they've had a limited number of outings, nobody over – Nobody on this Jefferson pitching staff has over a 2.43 ERA. Yeah, their pitching has been tremendous, but I still expect this series to go three games, and I don't know which side you want to give the edge to. I think it's going to be really intriguing to see what approach Hedgesville takes in the lineup because we saw this in the section tournament. They started with that defensive, your typical what you've seen during the regular season approach, one through nine. And then once they fell in that first time around to Musselman. It was actually after the Spring Mills game. Was it after the Spring yeah, Mills? So they the Mills even games. did it? Okay, I thought they, they didn't, didn't really have much that Musselman one yeah. on the first game, but thank you. They took that offensive approach, so do they take that against Jefferson, even though you know their pitching has been tremendous, or do you try to match the pitching duel and hope that your team wins in a low-scoring game, go to the defensive route and see. I think see you because go with what's been hot. I think you do, too. I think you got to go out there with the one through nine and trust the offensive side more than the defense, which still was pretty solid throughout. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there were a few slip-ups during the game, but that that's something that you have to take into account because if you don't go with that defensive approach, as we've said many times this year, if there are mistakes – which, for Hedgesville's sake, you hope they're not if you're a Hedgesville fan. But if there are, Jefferson always capitalizes on mistakes, period, end of story. So if you want to try to limit that, do you go the defensive route and hope that you win a low-scoring game? Or do you hope that that offensive approach can score more than those two runs that Jefferson has typically only given up all year long when you look at the pitching and the ERA as a whole? How about this? I don't know how much it's going to affect it, but, you know, Obviously, to get to this point, Hedgesville's had to go a lot further. Yes. Because of the section and how things work. Uh, Riley Morgan has the most innings pitched for the Jefferson Cougars. The only person on their team over 40 innings pitched for Hedgesville, they've got their three top guys all over 42 and two-thirds innings pitched. Yeah, I mean, it maybe plays a little bit of a factor that they have I think the bigger thing is that they have less arms. Uh, and like you said, Spencer, you know, if Jefferson were to come out and struggle tonight with whoever they go to, they can bring in another guy to shut the door very quickly. Yeah. And Hedgesville really doesn't have that option. I mean, they need five, six innings at least out of lane to water tonight, if not the full seven. Um, because if they have to bring in somebody else – who do you bring in? Who do you bring in? You Gano? really have only consistently consistently in the EPAC games relied on three arms. And those three arms have done a lot of good things for you. I mean, they're really good pitchers, so you know, most of the time you're okay, but you know, if they get in a similar situation like they had 
to win the section where Tanner Matthew just didn't have his best stuff. There's no Jackson Ruess to come in and close the door tonight. You it's know, crazy to go and get yeah, two you, or you waste three. one. It's there crazy to look at the the next game or the next game. It's right. crazy to look at the difference in the numbers here. So Jackson Ruess, 52 innings pitched, uh, Lane Delauder 48, Tanner Matthew 42 and two thirds. Yeah, Mason Elliott, percent of the innings. Mason Elliott, seventeen innings pitch. Braylon Connor, fourteen two thirds innings pitch. Landon Pence, eleven and a third. Ian Wolf, ten and a third. Gage Gano, six and two thirds. Trent, Trenton Canarium, four and two thirds. And then Mike Nichols, one inning pitched. Just the the difference between your top three guys and your other guys is over fifty percent. I think it's over sixty. Sixty percent at that point yeah, earlier yeah. this season. So I mean. Those three guys have been, you know, incredible. And it's the same thing, though, against Mussman. I mean, Mussman had way more guys that they could use, but Hedgesville still found a way to win. So, um, you know, it only really plays a factor if those guys struggle. And even if they struggle, if they can get you four or five innings, you know, whoever you go to in, in the bullpen role, uh, probably their numbers are good since they haven't thrown that many innings. So I still think Hedgesville has good pitching that yes. they can turn to, but they just haven't had to do that. And they do typically rely on those three guys. Um, I think you look at these this matchup, you obviously give Jefferson the edge slightly in the pitching category in terms of depth, but I think Hedgesville has the better starters, if that even makes sense. I just it does. feel like their it guys does. are a little bit more dominant. Um, and then hitting-wise, you give probably Hedgesville the edge, and then defense is pretty even. I mean, it's high school baseball. Guys are going to make mistakes, so... You know, it's it's tough, and it should be a really good series. Jefferson playing at home, too, so that could play a factor when we talk about the defense because they're not as used to the, that field. We talked about it a lot, how Hedgesville has an advantage when they play at home because of how their field plays, Yeah, uh, especially on ground balls, and they're used to fielding them a little bit more than their opponents are, which was huge for the sectional series. So, yeah, I just think we're going to see three really good games because I think it's going three. I'd be very shocked if somebody wanted two. Uh, and, you know, it could go either way. And it all starts tonight, so looking forward to it. You definitely don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. Tonight, 640, the pregame with first pitch set for 7 p.m., and that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford, and Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk NFL uh, fortunately, a legend passes away, and uh, there was no tampering. The commanders did not tamper. A shock to a lot of people. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuning in the Sportsmax on Talk Radio WRNR and TVW. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest-growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center at 800 Emmett Rouse Drive, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. 
The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Nats fans, the party is just getting started at Nats Park as the 2023 season is underway. They sit down the line, extra bases into the corner. Bring your natitude and cheer on Joey, Saya, and all your favorite Nats players this spring. See you later. While you enjoy a beautiful day at the ballpark with cold drinks, great food, and unbelievable giveaways. Visit Nats.com slash tickets and join the fun. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here as we start the segment on a sad note as Jim Brown legendary running back passes away for the cleveland browns as he passed away over the weekend uh i guess that was thursday night he had passed away they announced the the, his death on friday uh but one of the greatest football's greatest ever he dies at 87 yeah you can make the argument that uh jim brown is the greatest football player ever and we were talking about lacrosse earlier jim brown is actually considered to be the greatest lacrosse player ever from his time playing at Syracuse. So um, just a great all-around athlete. Obviously lived a really long and great life. Uh, Very big in the civil rights movement as well. So, um, you know, just a legendary person and player. And it was sad news to see the passing of Jim Brown Friday afternoon, I guess it would have been, when we heard about it. Yeah, it's sad to see a legendary player when – they pass no matter the sport, but he wasn't just instrumental in the NFL. He was also an activist, uh, helping break the color barrier during the time there, and just really changing the way sports as a whole was because of that. And it was sad that he passed at 87 years old, but still getting to honor him and continue his legacy in other ways. I think too when you think about Jim Brown and just the way he was built and he was ahead of his time. Yes, he's a guy that you could throw in any era and would still be great. Yeah, I was just looking at the numbers in his career: over twelve thousand rushing yards, averaging over five yards per carry. That that's something that you probably won't see ever again. Yeah. At least consistently like that, and, and he still could play. You know, when, when yeah. he retired, he retired kind of early. I think he only played ten years. So, yeah, but unfortunately, he passed away at eighty-seven. Uh, let's move on here. The inc- the tampering inquiry into the Washington Commanders' alleged attempts to seek information on the availability of former Colts quarterback Andrew Luck has been resolved to the Colts' Colts satisfaction, according to an NFL source. The Colts earlier this month raised questions about the situation after ESPN reported that the commanders had looked into luck as a possible option as part of their quarterback 
due diligence in the spring of 2022. The Colts still own the rights to Luck, who retired in 2019 because he walked away with three seasons remaining on his contract. Uh, are we shocked that the Commanders actually didn't do something wrong for once? A little bit, and it's, as a fan, a huge sigh of relief yeah. that it's concluded this way. Because, yes, obviously there's been numerous distractions to the franchise as a whole, but it hasn't really affected, ultimately, I mean, it probably has, but maybe the term I'm looking for is physically affected, the team and how things could go. Because tampering, we know, is a serious thing, and we've seen it be punished just this past season with the Dolphins losing a draft pick and being fined as well. And with this, you'd probably see the same punishment for Washington if it was resulted that this actually happened. Fortunately, it didn't, so there won't be any punishment like a fine or a loss of a draft pick, especially a first-round draft pick. If Washington's going to tank this year, I wouldn't have liked to see that. So it's a death relief as a fan, knowing that for once something that Washington has been accused of was not true. (laughs) Yes, for once. Um, all right, let's move on here as uh, kind of, I guess, the news of the day just kind of being reported here. This kind of came out over the weekend, Weekend, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, the uh, former Pittsburgh Steeler Ben Roethlisberger has a podcast, and he had Kenny Pickett on his podcast. I guess he told Kenny Pickett that he didn't want him to succeed when he was first drafted. That's a pretty ballsy move to tell somebody you didn't want them to succeed to their face. Yeah, I know Nick found this story. I was going to let him. I thought you were going to say the news first. I'll be completely honest. We'll talk about that later on. I'll be completely honest. I'll be super transparent here, and I'm going to get blasted. I probably shouldn't say this, but who cares at this point? I wouldn't say that I wanted Kenny to necessarily fail, but when someone else comes to replace you, I still feel like I had it. I hoped he didn't come ball out. Because it's like Ben who? And an end quote from his podcast. I thought the news of the day was Josh Johnson. We'll talk about that. Baltimore. Well, ESPN sent a notification. Third string quarterback coming back. Um, That's bigger news. But Ben, you know, I mean, this doesn't really surprise me. I was talking to Rob about it uh, before the show. You know, Ben's kind of always been known as kind of a selfish guy in some ways. Uh, You know, consistently throughout his career, he would blame the coordinators for the team's failures and never really took the blame or if he did take the blame it was kind of like a uh him being sarcastic in some ways so i mean him being and it makes some sense right because like would you root for somebody that took your job even if yeah, he, that's he the retired. route that i was about to go if you finished if not i'll let you continue i mean that's all i was really gonna say about it so you know it makes some sense um Eventually, he did come around on Kenny Pickett, and you could kind of tell that if you watched any of his clips from his podcast, he was very, and I saw some like circling around at the time, he was very critical of Kenny early, and then as the season went on, he kind of laid off on him, but also Pickett played a lot better. So, um, yeah, I think it's kind of a non-story. I'm not really too surprised. I'm a little bit surprised that Robinsberger came out and said it, but yeah, he's kind of an attention-seeking person as well, so just get some more attention on him for the very least so you know it is what it is the route i, guess, I was gonna go is if you think you had some left in the tank of course you're not gonna cheer for the guy we've seen it not just with roethlisberger coming out you, you kind of saw it with Favre. 
You saw it with Rodgers. You see it with Wilson. It, it just seems like it's a quarterback thing. Maybe there's other players, but because the quarterback's that star position that the limelight's always on, I guess that's where you always see it. If a guy's coming in to take your job and you're not ready to leave yet, it, it always seems like that selfishness kicks in because you think you're better. You think you've proved that you're better and that it shouldn't be an easy goodbye, Ben who, insert name who, yeah. period, and I think the story. reasoning why we see it from quarterbacks is the quarterback's the person that everybody blames mm-hmm. when the team loses. Nobody's going to blame the defensive tackle unless he gets like a roughing the passer at the end of the yeah. game. And then it leads to a field goal to right. because For the most part, you're not going to say, oh, we went 7-9 and nine because our defensive tackle wasn't the top defensive tackle in the league or he lost a step like no you went seven and nine because your quarterback's not very good here or i guess seven and ten now here's more on the conversation so then when he actually talked to him he said early on this is quote from the podcast quote i early on i didn't want you to succeed because you followed me up i didn't want it to happen i play the selfishness in me and i feel bad for it and he continues on and saying as you started playing i found myself rooting more and more for you I wanted you to succeed. I wanted you to win games. I wanted you to go in the play to go in the playoffs. I feel bad that I felt that way early on, but I'm glad it transitioned into love to loving and rooting for you. So, I like that Big Ben's living up to the nickname in a different way, being the bigger person. It kind of comes full circle, he I guess, in that is. point. A big dude. But in a different way. Yeah. Well, it comes full circle there. Right? Well, I think too. I mean, yeah, I remember when Big Ben was playing his final season and most people believed he was done. I mean, Steeler fans were already probably talking about Kenny Pickett coming yeah. there because of him being, you know, a Pitt product and playing very, really well at Pitt during the season that Roffensberger was struggling. So um, it, it all kind of makes sense. You know, it's not really a huge deal that Big Ben felt this way. And, you know, everybody's got a podcast nowadays, so everybody says whatever they want, I guess. All right, let's get to your part now. All right. Josh Johnson's return. Yeah. The uh, Ravens bring back quarterback Josh Johnson for a third stint to be the third string quarterback. Kind of fits the mold uh, of kind of a a Ravens quarterback. He's going to compete with Tyler Huntley and Anthony Brown for the primary backup role behind Jackson. Yeah, I think uh, I like Josh Johnson when he's played for the Ravens in the past. Um, I think he could be the primary backup, but. Tyler Huntley is a Pro Bowler, so exactly, and it's so, going to be tough not even to start him this year since he's the Pro Bowl quarterback of last year. Yeah, that's true. And they got two Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl quarterbacks on the roster, mm-hmm. so how are they going to get those guys playing time? It's tough. Yeah, maybe but, you trade one. Um, I think I could be wrong, but I believe maybe not one hundred percent certain, but I think maybe Josh Johnson started his career of his 14 teams with the Ravens. I nope. could be wrong about that. Nope. Was, nope. Were they his second team? He started with the Bengals? Nope. Uh, 49ers? Nope. Well, then I don't know. Buccaneers. Buccaneers. He did start with by the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers in the right. fifth round. Out of San Diego State. How about this? He has – I thought Josh McCown had the record. He has the record. He's played for our NFL record 14 teams. And the Ravens three times. I think the 49ers twice maybe. I think but, Washington twice too, I feel like. Yeah, so he needs to – play for those other 16 teams. teams well more than that or 18, 18 teams sorry uh but what do you think about this move as it bears for them going into the season with the way that kind of jackson's been unreliable with injuries to I mean, be out there on the field he filled in a few years ago i think and played all right but i think they lost that game uh 
So, you know, we'll see. I don't think it means too much. If he ends up being the second string, then it's a little bit more significant. I'm not really a big Huntley fan. Um, I thought he was decent when he first came in, but now he's he's just not winning. And, and obviously that fumble he had, I'm not really sold on him. So I would like them to get a more premier backup. And Johnson has a lot of experience for what it's worth. So if he doesn't have to come in and play, I feel a little bit better about him. But also he's been on 14 teams for a reason. So <laughs> either – I, I don't know. Is that a compliment know. to be on 14 teams or – I mean, it means you're not I mean, good enough to stay on one team, right. but it also means that you're not. It bad still means to you're good enough to NFL. be in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. It, that's a tricky situation. He's been on 14 teams and he's 37. Right, that's old. Yeah. So, how many teams did he play for? Let's. Let's. Uh, it's actually let's, about middle age, but. I mean, like for an NFL quarterback, quarterback. It's old for an NFL player. Yeah. Yes. All right, let's look at this. How about an this? Athlete in general. He's got a very long career history on Wikipedia. Okay, so Bucks 2008 to 11. Then he played for the 49ers in 2012. Spend this much time on Josh Johnson. Today. Browns you 2012 as well. Bengals 13, 49ers 14, Bengals 15, Jets 15, Colts 15, Bills 15. Three teams in 20. Ravens 16, Giants 16, Texans 17, Oakland Raiders 18, Command or well then Redskins 18. Then he played for the San Diego Fleet in the AAF in 2019, the Detroit Lions in 2019, the LA Wildcats in 2020 for the XFL. <laughs> do, then he do was we on count the, those moves. Then he was on happen? the 49ers from 2020 to 2021, the Jets in 21, the Ravens in 21, the Broncos in 22, the 49ers in 22, and now back on the Ravens. So if you don't want to count the AAF or the XFL. That's 21 changes. Did you actually count that? Out of 14 that? teams. Yeah, you, you count those two, it's 23. <laughs> he was also on... And then 16 on, teams, not He 14. was also on the Sacramento Mountain Lions. Oh, no. I don't know what that team is. <laughs> I don't... Sacramento... How, have you not heard of the Sacramento Mountain Lions? No, they're... Have you? They're big in the city of Sacramento. I don't even know what league they were in. I don't know. Do they arrive for the Kings? UFL. They're in the US, UFL? I don't know UFL? what the UFL is. The United Football. Yes. Apparently that, that happened for a season in 2012. Or yes. a few seasons. 2009 to 2012 I and it folded in 2012. <laughs> but that's... It's kind of like Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I, it, Josh McCown. On steroids. Has more. Yes. Josh Johnson. Yeah. I was saying Josh McCown is also at a similar trajectory of a career. Yeah. Same with, like, Luke McHale. All right. Uh, Jadavion Clowney. He said he's open for a reunion with the Texans. This is when the Texans could is. could get good this year. He's open for a reunion because he needs a job. Yeah. Jadavion Clowney is the most overrated player in the history of football. Yes. I you know agree. what the guy he's is famous for? One tackle. Yeah. I mean, it was a great tackle. Yeah. Yeah. Against South Carolina. And then he became a number one pick for some reason. And he really hasn't been that good. I think he's had a few good seasons. But... Yeah, one of the most overrated players in the history of sports. Jamarcus Russell? We could have that conversation. It could be. Jamarcus Russell isn't overrated because he sucked in the NFL. Everybody acknowledges that. He's a bust. Yeah, bust. Okay, that's a better word for it. 
All right, well, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's, not just a home store anymore, or not just an appliance store anymore. You can buy your Trigger Grills at Orsini's at 360 Aquas Way or online at Orsini's.com. We'll be back after this two-minute break. We'll talk uh, NBA playoffs. We'll get a little NHL playoffs action in there as well. But you're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. Ben just sipping on summertime. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna call my parents. Dad, come over. The first gets done. (laughs) The Traeger Connected Experience. Everything you need for epic flavor, and then some. Shop now and save at Orsini's today. April is National Donate Life Month. WVU Medicine is joining the effort to raise awareness for organ donation. Did you know that more than 100,000 people are waiting for life-saving organ transplant? donor can save up to nine people through organ donation, provide sight for two people through cornea donation, and restore health for more than 150 people through tissue donation. Join WVU Medicine and help spread awareness about the gift of donation. And if you haven't registered, visit registerme.org. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. Shenandoah Community Health continues to offer COVID vaccinations and clinics each Saturday throughout the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. The COVID vaccinations and boosters are free to anybody age 12 and up. To find out more, call 304-263-4999 or visit Shenandoah Community Health's website. Get your COVID vaccination or booster free to anybody age 12 and up at any of the Saturday clinics hosted by Shenandoah Community Health in the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. Call 304-263-4999 today. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. You okay over there, Colin? Yeah, it would have been a lot funnier if you played the Alvin and the Chipmunks version. What do you think, Nick? I don't know. Every time I hear this song, I think of that fantasy football commercial. That, yeah, that's a good one, too. Good good thought process. See, yeah. whenever I hear this song, I think of, like, vintage American Idol when they used to okay. play it after somebody would leave. They would play at the end of every show where they'd kick somebody off. Yeah. But, that's uh, a bad day for them. Yeah. yeah. But no, this was an off the. This was off the. Experience. This was off the dome. I literally thought of Good it during job. the last commercial. I was like, I know I wanted to line up a song to feel bad for Colin today, 
Uh, but the uh, the Celtics, unfortunately, they fall yesterday. Now they're down 3-0 in the series. I thought they were going to take at least one game this weekend. I did too, but they just haven't been playing good basketball at all. They shot terribly yesterday, and the Heat have been on fire. Got to give them credit. Yeah, I'll point out Jimmy Butler, who, especially in Game 2, really took over that game, and that's something that the Celtics have been wanting in numerous games and numerous series this year that they wanted Tatum to do that. But Jimmy Butler came out and did that in game two. And once you saw him take over that game and get the win for Miami, you knew this series, it looks like, was going to be all Miami, even though Boston, for some reason, was still favored even down 2-0 in the series. But they dominated from start to finish yesterday in the heat. Right now look like it's going to be a sweep against Boston and it looks like there's going to be a lot of change in Boston. I don't know where it starts or where it ends or if it even happens. How about this? Jalen Brown, you point to him first. Yeah. I was going to say Marcus Smart. Yeah, but Marcus Smart's a defensive guy. He's not he also really... had nine boards and eight assists. He just was held on our ten points. Yeah, he just isn't – he isn't a scorer. I mean, he only averages about 11 a game. So you can't really rely on him to score too often. But, I mean, Brown and Tatum just haven't shown up. Uh, they're not going to get rid of Tatum because I think he is still a really good talent. Um, I think if they're going to get rid of anybody, it's going to be Jalen Brown. But Jim Mazzola, I mean, we've criticized him throughout this playoffs. He just hasn't coached very well. That's a tough situation. He was expected to be the assistant coach. He had to come in and be the head coach. I don't think he's going to stay as the head coach. There's some good names out there that they could bring in that would probably do a better job with this team. Uh, but I think they might have to you know, break up the team a little bit. Uh, I don't know what direction you go in. Maybe you go after a Damian Lillard. I mean, Miami could go after him too. But you let Duncan Robinson and Max Straws yeah. drop 22 and 31 on you or 22 and 29, something like that. Like, yeah, it, it was embarrassing. These guys were undrafted. It was embarrassing, flat out. Yeah. And they, they know it. And hopefully sorry, there's Gabe, a miracle. Gabe Vincent. Other undrafted guy. Hopefully there's a miracle in the drop. Kick Murphy's get to come out with Tessie 2 or something because another Boston team comes down back from 3-0. But I don't think it's happened. And I think maybe... It's never happened in the history of the NBA. At best, you get to see a gentleman sweep. I mean, one of these series is not going to end a sweep. We're not going to see two sweeps. There's like no way the, N- the NBA's got that in the script, right? I mean, what, 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 <laughs> you look at both series right now. Which one do you think? I, I mean, know. the Lakers have been close. Yeah, I mean, they just fall apart in the clutch. We can talk about that later, but they also points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, fall apart in the clutch. Yeah, LeBron's taking too many threes. I don't know what he's doing, but um, I'm sorry. Yeah, so 61 points from undrafted guys. Yeah, that's Miami ridiculous. Heat. NBA undrafted guys do not perform. No, that's well, why second round picks ridiculous. in the NBA don't perform. So uh, these guys have been. You know, great. It was great finds by the Heat. And they're just a better-ran organization right now, a better-coached team. 100%. And their star players have shown up, and Tatum and Brown have not shown up. And I mean, Tatum showed up in Game 2, but that's it. Yeah, I mean, one game out yeah. of the four that they've played. All right, game, three that they played, game four set for tomorrow in Miami. Miami favored. And this one by one and a half. We'll As look they at that, should. Look at that line tomorrow, see how much it's moved. 
Uh, we'll talk about the West Finals as on Saturday night. The Nuggets go up 3 nothing with a 119-108 victory. A little bit we kind of talked about it there. They kind of just fall in the late moments. Uh, their game four is set for tonight uh, from Crypto.com Arena with the Lakers favored by three at home. And maybe if they change it back to the Staples Center, they could win a game in this series. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, like I said, LeBron took way too many threes, so that was strange. He did eventually make some down the stretch, but uh, I guess I'm looking at the wrong game. There we go. Uh, yeah, he did make some down the stretch eventually, but you know, he was taking a lot. And, and the Nuggets don't really have, besides Jokic, they don't have a great matchup for AD, LeBron, and Vanderbilt or Rui, depending on what combination they throw out there. And you know, D'Angelo Russell was playing too much the other night. It seemed like he's been really bad this series. Austin Reeves is their best player at this point, uh, besides AD, of course. And, <laughs> you know, that's kind of shocking. I just don't think the Lakers have enough, though, to beat this Nuggets team. You know, they're a good young team, I think, from where they were the midseason point to where they are now. They've gotten a lot better, have the Lakers. But the Nuggets just have more chemistry overall. I think they're the better team. And they're playing like it. And this is kind of what the Celtics should be doing to the Heat. Except the Heat are, you know, a better team than the Lakers probably are, I think, overall. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, the Lakers have been close in all these games and just haven't found ways to win. So, I think ultimately they might find a way to win a game or two. uh, Because I don't think LeBron's going to get swept in a conference finals. But he's got to step up. I mean... I think he he was shooting way too much from the outside. You know, he can go inside still and score at a dominant level. I mean, he's at the end of the day still six eight and two hundred and fifty pounds. That's true. And he's never been I mean, a great shooter, so I don't know why he's shooting so many threes. On the road, can he do it? Can he put the team on his back to at least get one? Or excuse me, at home, can he put the team on his back to at least get one and then lose in five? I mean Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I don't I think he has like to the, put the team on his back necessarily, but I think he just has to be a little bit more aggressive and not settle for so many threes because up until this game, I think he was 0 for 13 until he hit his first three in, in the game the other night. So And he still went 3-9. and nine. Yeah. So, I mean, AD has to be their guy, but LeBron needs to be a really solid secondary guy and not take bad shots. And then... They're going to need more from other guys outside of Reeves. You know, you need Russell to play better, Vanderbilt to play better. Ruby's been playing pretty well overall, but those are kind of their core guys. Yeah. So we'll see. I think the Nuggets are still going to win this series at this point. Yeah. All right. Well, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up, talk Nats and O's. O's debut there. Uh, what is it called? City Connect. City Connect jerseys. We'll get into that. Kind of funky. Nick will break those down after this two-minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are. 
and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it. No questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back and forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Catch the excitement of the West Virginia High School baseball and softball seasons on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Hit it into left field and that'll drop. Coming around is Sifford and the ball is going to slow up and he's going to score and Martinsburg's going to walk it off and get the win. We have over 25 games scheduled featuring the schools in the Eastern Panhandle Athletic Conference. Every game will be live right here on Talk Radio WRNR, TV 10, and our WRNR TV YouTube page. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV. Ten brought to you part by the mayor's group of mayor prize financial advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue or call 304-263-4343. Nick trying to pull a deke on everyone there. Got to keep the audience off balance. All right, let's, uh, let's talk a little Nationals baseball. Pretty successful weekend here before we end out with the O's. Uh, pretty successful weekend for the Nationals this weekend. They uh, get the 2-1 victory in the series over the Tigers. Uh, it was an all-around good weekend, minus Friday night's game. wasn't too good of a game Friday night for the Nationals, but uh, it's good for the Nats to put on for the fans on the weekend. I think it's always good to get yeah, a series the win over crowd, the weekend. Especially the giveaway day with uh, the two uh, Star, Star Wars, Wars Hawaiian-themed shirts to winning the series against a Why didn't we team go like to the Tigers. Game? I don't know. It's a good question. We're not even going to the game that we plan to go to at this point. Yeah. Shout out Legion Baseball. It's okay. rather be at the Legion game. Yeah. Yeah. Better chance of winning. Yeah. But uh, Irvin takes the loss on Friday, and then on Saturday, the Nats get the 6-2 to two victory. Corbin, an, I believe it's three straight starts, that he, or two straight starts that he's won, and like five straight quality starts, which a quality start is technically three or Stop less runs being in too six hard on him. He's still got a 4.4. He's trying to raise his trade value. He really See, is, I think there so. There you go. But nobody wants the money on the contract. Then yesterday they Unless get the six four victory. Pitching like a Cy Young. Yeah. They get the six four victory. Josiah Gray gets the win. Uh, he's now four and five on the season. Uh Hunter Harvey comes back, gets the uh sh- the shuts the door, gets the save. The Nats had eighteen hits yesterday, only had six runs, but eighteen hits. I mean, you gotta start somewhere in improvement. They have the hits, now they just gotta improve while they got guys on base. Yeah. I mean, so. still took two out of three, but 18 hits and only six runs is, yeah, the, the ratio there is not the best, but, I mean, 
Yeah, not the Maybe best. Maybe it'll get there. 33%? They're not going to be 19 and 31 because now they're 20 and 27. <sighs> no World Series. <laughs> uh, they are. They have an off day today. They Then they welcome in the um, Padres. Juan Soto and the Padres. Juan Soto's return? We have, we're busy. So Patrick Corbin only has one more year left on his deal. Yeah. So... But look how much he's getting paid this year. $35 million year. next year. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But... It's a lot of money. Ouch. I was going to say maybe somebody would take him as a rental, but probably not for that much. Yeah, I know. Maybe uh, mid-season next year, though, if he's pitching well. Who knows? Uh, Could be a possibility. Yeah. Mackenzie Gore getting the start tomorrow. I've really liked what I've seen from Juan Soto Mackenzie Gore over these last few weeks. Young guys Juan that Soto. they were... It's not Juan Soto, excuse me. I was like, yeah. Josiah Gray. J.S. Or J... Jay with what? the first name. Gray. Jay with the first name? Starry. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was Jay talking about Juan Soto. Name. I like Josiah Gray and what Mackenzie Gore have brought these last couple weeks. Yeah, they've been good. Really Young core guys that can you can build your, your uh, rotation around. And that's really how the Nationals uh, built their team to win the World Series was with their pitching and not always guys that they uh, drafted, but some of them were. And um, then, of course, the free agents like Corbin and, and, Str- and uh, Scherzer. Scherzer. So. No moving on Strasburg, though, yet. He's still not throwing. It's you likely we won't see him again. At all this year? I don't think he, I don't think he plays again. Yeah. I think he retires Ooh, that. before he is able to play again. All right. Uh, we're, I think he'll play again because why is he working so hard just to retire? That's true. You're right. Would, yeah. But the O's get a sweep this weekend over the Jays, guys. Mm-hmm. They did, yeah, and they're playing really well. So that's good to see. Um, definitely excited about the Orioles right now. Two and, and a half games back out of the division. And, Nick, now you can go and explain uh, this this uh, City Connect jersey they dropped well, today. I'm not necessarily going to explain all of them, but, um, you know, a lot of people don't really like them. I don't really like the jersey personally, but I think the big thing was that – or kind of a big thing is that it's supposed to be like a Baltimore. Like a lot of people are saying, like, why not put a nickname like Charm City or something on it, make it a little bit more creative. But I think a big thing is that for a long time the Orioles – didn't have Baltimore on their jerseys uh, as an away team. When the Senators left D.C., they had Orioles on both jerseys because they were trying to be like the DMV team. Mm. And I guess with these jerseys and, of course, their road jerseys now, they want to represent the city. Now, the jersey isn't that cool. Like It's pretty boring, if I'm being honest. And I know they – I get the message, though, that they're going for of the whole – black and white on the outside but then the city you shouldn't judge the city just based on what people say about it or what you know there is more to the city of baltimore and that's kind of what they're trying to go with you got to look inside right it's like don't judge a book by its cover kind of thing so i like the message that they're going for uh but the jerseys are kind of boring like people have complained about um so, I mean, but it is just a jersey that they're going to wear like seven times a season or something. I don't even know how many, but... But then they're going to wear them next season like the Nats. Yeah, probably. And it, it's an okay design. It leaves you wanting more. I like the B logo that they're using from the uh, road script. I wish maybe that was the font that they used in total on the front. But as long as the team plays well, that's what matters. It doesn't matter what they're wearing. As long as they're it's not about winning, the jersey, it's exactly. about the player wearing the jersey. Exactly. All right. Well, that will do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. We'll have the 
Class AAA Region 2 Baseball Championship Series Game 1 tonight on Talk Radio WRNR and WRNR TV on YouTube. Pre-game coverage begins at 6.40 with first pitch set for 7 p.m. That'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. We'll talk to you tonight and tomorrow. For Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you again tonight or tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day, everyone.